All right, good morning and welcome into this edition of our NAI Asada Spotlight Series, where we feature the best and brightest from our sports information directors from around the NAI. Rachel Moore, Assistant AD and Director of Athletic Communications here at Central Methodist University. And today I'm joined by Ryan Ronkowitz from Lords University in Ohio. Ryan, thanks so much for taking some time to visit with us today. Good morning, Rachel. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, you bet. We'll get started here. Um, first, um, I kind of want to just get, get started, get a little bit of background of you and, and what drew you to sports information as a, as a young man. So I've been in the field 24 years now, but it actually goes back beyond that. Um, I, I got introduced to this uh, field when I was in high school, and Jeff Weiss, who's the uh, sports information director up at Wayne State in Michigan, uh, his brother worked with my dad, and at the time he was the um, assistant commissioner up at the CCHA, the Central Collegiate Hockey Association. And over their breaks up in Ann Arbor, he didn't have any student help and knew I was into sports and everything. And so I asked if I'd like to come up for a couple of weekends and help with their weekly release and updating some of their stats. And so I did that a couple of times. I was probably a sophomore or junior in high school. And from there, um, I was invited to help with the CCHA tournament. And I did that, I want to say two years, uh, probably my junior and senior year, uh, it might have been my senior year and freshman year at Bowling Green. Um, but it kind of opened my eyes to the whole field and I said, hey, this is pretty cool. I want to, you know, get further into this. And so I went to Bowling Green as an undergrad and walked into the sports information office pretty much the first day I was on campus and said, hey, I'm going to be here for four years. What can I uh, do to volunteer? And so I had the opportunity to volunteer with a lot of sports. Uh, Steve Barr, who was the SID at the time, uh, said, hey, you know, we got a lot of stuff that you can do. And so in addition to doing just the, you know, the footballs and the basketballs and, the, you know, the big sports, I had the opportunity to help with gymnastics meets and soccer and softball and kind of opened my eyes to everything and um, spent four years there and absolutely loved it. And as part of the program at Bowling Green, you have to do a semester-long internship. And so I, I removed myself from the sports info field, went across uh, the country to uh, Southern California and did an internship that actually was a year long with the Southern California Golf Association. And it was really a cool experience. Uh, they took me through all the different departments they had. So I spent about three months with tournaments and learning how to run events. I spent another three months with their publications, which they had four magazines, and I got to work with that and their directory of golf that they produced of all the golf courses in the area. I spent some time in their membership and handicap department, and then I also spent some time doing course ratings where we were actually out on the golf course and did USGA ratings and stuff. And it was a great experience. I uh, loved it. Um, but Southern California was not exactly for me being a Midwestern guy and uh, it was great kind of as a mini vacation for a year, but I was ready to come back to the Midwest and they didn't have any openings at the time. So I came back home to uh, Northwest Ohio and just started my job search and was uh, fortunate enough to uh, be hired at uh, Valparaiso as the assistant SID within about two or three months of getting back into the area. And I, talking about it, Ryan, you mentioned uh, Valparaiso, a D1 program in, in Ohio. Kind of talk about your experiences there and what are some of the key differences that you see be it a D1 SID versus uh, NAI SID? So Valparaiso, yeah, um, the time we were in the Mid-Continent Conference, um, Valpo was just outside of Chicago um, in Northwest Indiana. So it was, you know, within three hours of home and what you're right, it was a D1 uh, opportunity. 
Um, but it was a small office. There were only two of us in there um, for 21 Division One sports, including football. So a lot of it was very similar to being at Lord's um, in terms of manpower and everything like that. Uh, the biggest thing that I notice are, um, you know, at the Division One level, you, obviously you've got a lot more with the TVs. Um, that was kind of in the time before ESPN Plus, but you would have ESPN games or, you know, CBS Sportsnet games where, you know, you know, the NAI, you don't have that. And so I got the opportunity to, you know, do a lot more of those type of things. Some more on the national scene, uh, as opposed to more of a regional local level. But in terms of the job itself, it's very similar. I mean, you're still you know, doing stats for games. You're still doing, you know, website stuff. Um, social media hadn't really taken off when I was there. Um, I did a lot more traveling with teams when I was at Valpo because we were on the road with football, basketball, baseball. Um, and so that kind of wore me out a little bit and when the opportunity, I was there 12 years and had our daughter and been on the road every Saturday for football and then for a basketball season and baseball season, you know, kind of grew old and the opportunity at Lords opened up and um, it's right here back at home. Every, my entire family's within 20 minutes of uh, university here and so it was an opportunity to come back home. Ryan, you touched on it a little bit, but getting to make that transition from a D1 school to, to NAI, kind of talk about what that transition was like. Was it smooth? Did you have any bumpy patches going from D1 to NAI? So mine might have been a little more unique because when I came to Lords, it was only year three of athletics. And they had had one SID that had been here for a few months, but before that, it was basically the director of marketing and communication from the university that had handled everything. So when I walked into the office, there was nothing. I didn't have a box store. I didn't have hardly anything here. And so I've had the opportunity to build the office kind of from scratch. Um, the biggest thing for me is you had to go back and learn how to crawl, you know, before you could walk and run. And, you know, the people here have been wonderful. You know, when, when I got here, they said, hey, you know, you know what you're doing, you know, do what you can. And I, it, the hardest thing for me was, just taking that step back and, you know, you have all these things that you've done or you want to do, but you have to, you have to build it from the ground up. So I spent time doing record books and going online and pulling all of our box stores and, you know, just doing game stories. You know, those were things that they had never had done before. So uh, it really was like walking into ground zero and building it from scratch. So. And Ryan, with that, you know, getting to, to build up your own department, obviously your peers have seen the work that you've done, your five-time conference SID of the year. Um, maybe don't want to brag on it too much, but, you know, big honor regardless. And we certainly Thanks. see what you do at the at the national level. Talk about how you've been able to sustain that kind of success over uh, over your career and, and you keep getting these awards. What keeps you What keeps you going in that sense? You know, the big thing is the people I work with. I mean, our coaching staff here at Lourdes is incredible. Um, some of our coaches have been the ones that have started their program from scratch and are still here. Um, a lot of our sports, you know, now we're in year 14, but we may have only had two, maybe three head coaches in a sport, you know, total during that time period. And so I've been had the opportunity to work with great people and coaches and our student athletes and everybody kind of has that same, you know, vision of, you know, wanting to um, bring the athletic department, you know, up as quickly as we could and, you know, not be looked at as, oh, they're the new guys type of thing. And so um, when you have that support within the coaches and the buy-in from them and from the student athletes, 
it makes it a lot easier um, within university setting. And then kind of on the conference as a whole, you know, my attitude has always been, hey, can I, you know, how can I help to make everybody else better? Whether it's, you know, making sure, you know, they've got roster stats. I send all that stuff out first thing Monday morning for an entire week. So, you know, if, you know, a school were playing on Saturday, they have free time on Wednesday and want to start working on a game program or this or that, they're not waiting on me for my stuff because I'd appreciate that same in return. So, you know, that's kind of how I've always looked at it. You know, if I've got a couple extra photos from a game, you know, you're talking about an extra 30 seconds, you know, shoot an email to somebody, you know, even if it's a couple hours after the game, hey, I came across this, thought you might be able to use it uh, because we're all in the same situation and, you know, we all can, you know, use help and benefit from different things like that. So, I mean, to me, if you have a game story with a game photo, you know, even if it wasn't the top score, hey, you know, it shows something that was actually being played on that evening. I'd agree with that 100%, Ryan. Um, in addition to the your SID duties, you were promoted um, as assistant athletic director, I think in 2020, so right in the thick of COVID as we got rolling. Talk about, um, you know, that promotion. What additional duties do you have now as an assistant athletic director? You know, one of the big things that we just uh, – had this past year um we just had our uh, inaugural hall of fame class so that was something that i was big um helping develop along with our athletic director um we did a lot with that and that was a big success this past fall during homecoming weekend but that was something that we've been building for probably the last two years or so trying to get to that point and we were fortunate enough clark kellogg um, from cbs sports he was our keynote speaker that day um, and our, we had two recipients, um, the volleyball player and a uh, men's lacrosse player, and a couple of their teammates came back. We, you know, we, our goal for the initial banquet was probably around 75, and we were probably at about 125 people at the event. So it turned out really good, but that, that's that been one of the big things. Uh, as you know, at a small school, you know, everybody kind of works together on everything. So um, duties just, you know, the, the other duties as a sign have always been kind of, you know, lumped in and I've served more, you know, some committees on campus. Um, I was, I did a lot with our uh, COVID committee uh, within the WAC during COVID. Um, I'm the kind of liaison for the league office for the sports information director. So I do a lot of that type of stuff as well. Very good, Ryan. Well, we can see it all and we're about to start up our Hall of Fame here. Not start it up, but we've got our Hall of Fame coming up here in a couple of weeks. So Very nice. we're all in the same same boat in that that aspect. Um, let's talk about kind of your experience within um, formerly COSADA, but now college sports communicators. Um, I kind of want to just talk about your time as a, as a member and the fact that you got to present at uh, Divisional Day this past, I think June is what it was, um, talking about getting some time off. And I know as, as, as SIDs, it seems like we can never catch a break, but the importance of taking time away from, from the computer and, and doing some of that stuff. Talk about, you know, kind of what you presented on and what you wanted folks to get out of that as um, as you were talking to them. Yeah, so I, you know, I've enjoyed uh, being uh, a part of uh, the COSIDA or uh, College Sports Communicators uh, Divisional Day the last two years. Um, last year, two years ago, I presented on uh, history and record books. And that, that was kind of an interesting um, presentation because uh, Mike Safford, um, he was up at, he was up in the Northwest at the time. He did not come down. So he was virtual and I was in person, um, but we both had experience building um, record books. He had done a lot with his football one. 
um, up there, and I kind of built ours from scratch. So, you know, we, we did something, you know, on that and, you know, the importance of record books. And to me, I think that's one of the big things in our profession that's starting to die, um, especially with a lot of the younger um, SIDs is they're, you know, they're becoming more graphic oriented and the immediate, you know, how can I make a, you know, 30 second splash on, you know, Instagram or something like that. And they they kind of leave off those record books and everything. But then when they need something, they're reaching out, you know, hey, when was the last time something was done? You know, the importance of those types of things. And when they leave, somebody's going to walk into a situation at their school and may not have those type of things. And that history really is important, whether, you know, people see it at the time or, you know, you, you may have a program that's struggling and so your records aren't very good, but it still gives those student athletes something to strive, you know, to better and, you know, constantly build. We just had our fifth 1,000 point score in our first 14 years here in men's basketball that we honored last night. And it's those types of things that you, you can do because you have those record books. So that was one of the big um, presentations. Um, and then I'm trying to think, well, what did I, I don't even remember what I did last year. Um, last year, you and Jay touched on, I think, uh, balancing kind of the home work. Oh, yeah. The, the yeah. work life yep. with uh, Jay yeah. Stanza down at Union. And, um, yeah, that you know, I, I really enjoyed that one because we're kind of two of the old guys in uh, the NAIA. And, uh, you know, the, the the big message on that one was you need to be able to take a break. And not everybody's going to have, you know, the same, you know, downtime, whether, you know, Christmas break and you can get away for three or four days or, you know, take your days in the summer. You know, no, nobody's going to give you a badge for working, you know, six consecutive months. Um you know, six, seven out or six, seven days a week, you know, um, you, you need that time to re-energize and get new ideas. Otherwise, you're just going to come into the office daily and you're going to feel like you're struggling because you don't have the energy to want to do something or get creative. It's just, it kind of becomes that drag and the monotony of everything. So one of the big things I do in the summer, at least kind of in May, June and into July is I, I've got with my vacation time, I'll work like a Monday through Thursday, and then I'll take Friday and the next uh, week off. You know, in those four days, you can kind of get caught up, but it is a slow time in there. And then you have 10 days off, you know, and you do that two or three times, and then it's time for the year to start, but you kind of feel refreshed, uh, able to do something like that. I was going to say, we all need it at some point, whether we take it or not, that's that's up to that, us. That's but... the key, yes. That, yeah. that is the key. So. I always, I, I've probably said it before, you got you got to be a little crazy to, to do what we do. So I think that's that's a piece of it. Yeah, um, and I think we are. but We are, but that's that's all right. We can mask it. Ryan, one of the, the big things I wanted to touch on, I've got, I did a year down at A&M Corpus Christi down in South Texas as a D1 school. You obviously, you've had experience at the D1 level. Um, when up and coming SIDs are looking at maybe what division they want to go into, um, NAI compared to, to D1, what are some of the perks you think there are getting to be an NAI SID is maybe compared to a division one or, or why should people maybe not necessarily overlook the NAI in terms of sports information? I think you get to do a lot more. Um, a lot of the D1 schools, you know, they'll give you three or four sports and you're solely focused on those year round. And if you, you know, maybe it could even be two or three sports. And, and there's times when, you know, both or all three of your teams you know, they're really struggling. And, you know, you could you could have a volleyball team that goes through a two and 20 season. And then you go into basketball and that team could be, you know, five and 25. And then you go to softball and they're 10 and 40, you know, and 
you've got other teams on campus that you know are succeeding but you're not getting an opportunity to work with them and on our level you know most offices you know are one or two people so you're working with every team so you're constantly hopping from one sport to another um, so you don't get to, you know, while you may not get to dwell on the champ, uh, the negative, you know, you can't celebrate the championships quite as much as you'd like either. You know, there, there's the give and take, but you get the opportunity, you know, to work with all the different coaches and you get to know all the student athletes. And that's one of my favorite things at a small school like this. My door is always open and I'll have our athletes as they're heading down to the coaches, you know, they'll put their head in and say hi or, you know, may sit down and, you know, we talk for five minutes on something totally, you know, unrelated to Lord, you know, whether it was a baseball game the night before that something was on or something else happened in on campus or just what they did for the weekend. And, you know, you get to know those kids on, you know, more personal level. And I think at this level, they appreciate it more because, you know, they're not in the limelight as much as, you know, if you're at a Michigan or if you're at a USC or, you know, those big schools, you know, they don't all have that um, you know, the deal that they're making a million dollars, you know, for their promotion of themselves. And so, you know, they, they, they're, they're willing to work with you. And, you know, if you have a TV station that comes in, Hey, you know, I need you for an interview, you know, someone will actually want to shy away because they don't like doing it, but at the same time that, you know, they enjoy it and they appreciate those type of opportunities more. And, you know, I think, you know, the smaller level, if you do it right, you know, you can promote your school, you know, in such a way that the local community still, you know, respect what you're doing. And we, we had TV in here last night, you know, a local TV was doing both of our men's and women's basketball games. And we're fortunate that we have a good rapport with, you know, a couple of local stations that they'll still come out and get highlights, um, just like, you know, Toledo and Bowling Green, you know, on the D1 level in this area. So, I guess, I guess to me, I, I'm one, and I've told people this a lot, I, I will never go back to the Division One level. I, the hours that you're in there, you know, coming in and leaving and everything, you know, you don't have as much flexibility because you're more at coach's whim, you know, and, and it's almost like you're part of their coaching staff and have to go on their schedule. Where here, you can kind of, you tell the coaches, hey, this is what I'm doing, and they work more with you as opposed to you working for them, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think the expectations are certainly different at any level. It just depends on kind of which one you get into. But I experienced yeah. that at AM Corpus Christi. And I, I I would say one of my favorite things that you mentioned is getting to have athletes come in and sit down and, and, and talk to you. Feels yeah. a little bit more like a, a good relationship versus, oh, that's just someone that, you know, I stare at roster page wise or looking at them in stats. So I, I appreciate getting to build those relationships. And uh, last question for you, Ryan, and then I'll, I'll let you go. I want to know your um, during your time at Lourdes or maybe at Valpo, talk about some of your favorite uh, moments or memories you've had at the, being an SID. Oh, there's been a lot of them. There's a few, uh, I bet. You know, people think this is crazy, but one of my big things here at Lourdes is we've had 13 academic All-Americans in the time that I've been here, you know, for a program that's only 14 years old. Um, so to me, having the opportunity to promote that you know, we haven't had one for a couple of years and people are always asking, well, you know, why haven't we had anything like that? And, you know, the people here kind of got spoiled by the fact that we had so many of them and don't realize how difficult it is to achieve that status. And so having the opportunity to promote, you know, those, and it's been in a wide variety of sports. It hasn't been, you know, just pigeonholed into one or two sports. It's kind of been across the board. Uh, we've had one two-time academic All-American um, but being able to do that, that's one of my biggest um, successes here. Um, 
I've enjoyed, you know, the coaches that I've gotten to know over the years. Uh, there's a few of them that from my time at Valpo that I still talk to on a, you know, somewhat regular basis, uh, you know, and we're still in contact. They're at different schools. I'm at different schools, but it's those relationships. You know, those are some of my favorite uh, things. Last night, uh, we were playing Indiana Tech in men's basketball here, and one of our former assistant coaches that I worked with at Valpo that I roomed with a lot, you know, for a couple of years, his son plays for Indiana Tech. So he was here. I hadn't seen him in probably 10 years. And he and his wife made the trip over. And so I got a chance to catch up with them. And, you know, those are the things that I, you know, enjoyed as much as, you know, the wins and losses. You know, we've had, obviously, I've had a lot of teams that have won championships and everything. Um, people have always asked, you know, what, you know, what's my favorite one of those? And, you know, those are hard to pick because every team's so different. Um, you know, I've always, you know, our baseball team, uh, when I was at Valpo, that was actually the last events that I was at before I came to Lords. Uh, they won the Horizon League tournament, went to the NCAA regionals, and that was the first time that a, a Valpo team had done that since the early 60s. So we had had a 50, you know, some year span and watching that program build from nearly nothing to, um, going to the regionals and we were fortunate to play in Gary, which was just right down the road because Purdue was hosting it. So we're basically a home game and it was on Big Ten Network when a lot of college baseball wasn't on TV at the time. So it was our first nationally televised game. And the uh, Kent State Kentucky game was before us and that became the longest game in uh, postseason history. It went 23 or 24 innings. And so our seven o'clock game started at you know about 11 o'clock at night. But you know, it's just kind of that whole thing. They had, you know, near sellout in there because of um, two local teams. And, you know, so that was kind of a cool memory dealing with that. Um, you know, some of the trips that I've been to with our basketball teams or baseball teams over the year were, you know, memorable for various reasons. Um, but it, it's hard to pick just one or two, you know, favorite memories. As I say, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good ones in there, Ryan. And I know you've got a few more in you before you, before you retire, but hopefully that's not for, for a while. So. <laughs> But Ryan, I, I know you're busy. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day and good luck with crossover as we get rolling here soon. Well, thanks for inviting me and I appreciate you doing this, Rachel. You bet.